your Bibles here this uh, morning, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We have been in a series concerning the church. We have been preaching about the church is where did the church come from? And we got to know that, and we have. We've learned that. It came out of Genesis. And so this morning we want to con continue the thought of the church, not only where it comes from, but what is it? What is it this morning? And so we want to work on that. And I, the title of the message this morning is There's Only One Church. There's Only One Church. And so we're going to hopefully, with the help of the Lord, learn that. So let's stand to our feet this morning one more time and in honor of God's Word. And then we'll begin reading in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians and verse 12. Chapter 12, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians. For as the body is one, and hath, member, hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are of our one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not if the body is not one member, but many. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here this morning. We are grateful, Lord, for the singing that we've had. We thank you, Lord, for the those folks that have come. We thank you, Lord, for the church building you have provided. Thank you, Lord, for all the goodness and kindness that you shared with us, your long suffering and mercy toward us today. God, we're very pleased with you. God, we're satisfied with Jesus. We're content with God. And so this morning, though, we need the help of the Lord. We pray that you guard our lips and guide us. I pray you'll fill us with your spirit. I pray you'll feed us with your word. God, have your way in our service this morning. Do a work in every heart and every soul. God, that one that's closest to hell this morning, we pray you'll save them before it's too late. I pray for this Christian today, God, that's cold and indifferent. God, they're, they're sitting here, yet, Lord, they're not at all involved or even, dear God, impacted by anything that's going on. I pray today, God, that you'd open their eyes and open their hearts and let them see, God, there's a better way. I ask you now, Lord, to touch the ill and the sick and the diseased, and God, heal their bodies and take the pain from their bodies today. God, give them some ease. I pray, Lord, that you'll be glorified. Jesus will be magnified. Christ will be lifted up above anyone or anything in this service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we find this morning here in chapter 1 of Corinthians in verse 12, the word body is used in verse 12 as, as the body is one. Well, we know that the body is the church, right? That's what we know. And so, but where did the body come from, or how did the body become the church? And so I want you to kind of go back a little bit, kind of uh, re-study uh, a few things, and then we'll move forward. I think, number one, this morning, in order for us to understand there's only one church, we got to understand uh, the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ, because that's where it all stems from, being the bride of Christ. Now, we learned that. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians uh, chapter 5 here this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, and I want you to look there in verse uh, 30 and 31. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 30 and 31. The Bible says we are all members of his body. So that's the body that 1 Corinthians is talking about. Of his flesh and of his bones. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. There comes the one body. It's going to take two to make one. And we found that that is a marriage. If you study out Ephesians chapter 5, as we preached on Wednesday night, it's talking about a marriage. It's talking about a, a man and a woman. It's talking about a husband and a wife. That's the context of the Scripture. But in the context of the Scripture, according to verse 32, it says, This is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And so it is an understanding and a teaching that it is talking about a husband and a wife, but in reference to the church and Christ. Talking about the wife would represent the church, and the husband would represent Christ. And when them two come together, there's one body. Amen? According to the Scripture. We find that this husband is Christ, and this wife is the church. We see that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. See the comparing there? And so we see it to be true. We also know that the wife is the church. In verse 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands to everything. And so we see the correlation. Uh, it is no, nothing we have to stretch, nothing we have to uh, explain or go to a different version. It's just there. It's there. The wife is, is the church. The husband is Christ. The man which is Christ, in verse 31, it says that that one, that man, would leave his father and his mother and come to his wife. That's the church. And Jesus did that. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5.31, he joined unto his wife. And so there is a joining of Christ with the church. Amen. And so that body became one body. Now, the Bible says, we're not going to turn there because we've preached on it several times, but at Genesis chapter 2, if you want to reference it, you can. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God said that man, Christ, needed a helpmeet. And he gave the helpmeet is the church. And so we find that to be true. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 and 23, he took the rib from man and made woman. And so what he done is he took from Jesus and made church. So all of us today that are the church, the body of Christ is from Jesus. Or we wouldn't be the body of Christ. And we find that the cost of that was his death. We find the cost of that was the shedding of his blood. We call it the cost of that was the Calvary in which he endured. And we see that that's true by the word of God. And then we notice in Genesis 2, 24, that God instituted the marriage between a man and a woman. And it says in that verse, and the two shall be one flesh. Now we read the same thing in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse uh, 31. The two shall be one flesh flesh now if you go to Ephesians chapter 1 with me and look in verse 22 uh, we find he put all things under his feet and gave to be the head over all things to the church now who's the church think of verse 23 which is the body so we're talking about how where did the body come from it come out of the bride of Christ that's how the full fullness of him that filleth in all in all and so the church is the body of Christ we find in Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 4, the Bible says there is one body and one spirit, even as you're called into one hope 
of your calling. So not only is there just a body, which is the body of Christ, but there's only one body. Not many bodies. Only one. And this morning, you better hope and pray that you're in that one body. Or you're not the church. And so this morning, it's an important teaching. And look in Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So it's getting very detailed here. There's a one body, and the body is the church, and that body is the body of Christ. So there's no confusion about who we're talking about. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, uh, the Bible says as well, that whom from the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working of the measure of the every part, which uh, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Again, we see the whole body. And so we can say this morning that when we come to the place and we put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we repent of our sin, we receive Him as Lord and Savior, we find that He is the groom and we are the bride, and us two together makes one flesh, which is His body, called the church. Amen? And so if you're the church this morning, that's what you are. That's what we are this morning. Uh, it is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says he is the head of the body, the church. Colossians 2, 17 says, but the body is of Christ. And so we're not talking about just anybody. We're talking about the body of Christ. We're not talking about any church. We're talking about the church that Jesus is the head of. We're talking about one body, one church, one Lord. Amen. And so we got to find this morning, where is that church? Because there's 78 churches in Stafford. There's a multitude of churches all over the world. Do they all believe the same? They don't all act the same? They don't all do the same? They don't all preach the same? They all don't have the same Bible? They don't have the same doctrines? Uh, they have different uh, ways about them? Which one? That's a great question, isn't it? Many of folks in all the world is trying to find which is the right church, which is the right Bible, which is the right people, which is the right way, what's the right salvation, uh, which is the right uh, this and the right that. And we find it confusing in the days in which we live. But we're going to try to help you this morning about the one church, and there's only one. Number two, I want you to notice this morning, since we know, understand the bride of Christ, and the, the bride of Christ is, is Christ and his body, where two come together and make one. I want you to notice number two, though, in 1 Corinthians, in our text, in chapter 12, verse 13, I want you to notice the union of the body of Christ. The union in the body of Christ. Not only the understanding of the bride of Christ, but the union of of the body of Christ. Look in verse 13 with me. It says, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. We now understand now, according to Scripture, that's the body of Christ. We understand that. That's that one flesh that is spoken of. How do you get in to church? How do I get in to church? Is not the church the body of Christ? Yes. How do I get in that church? Do I get in by prayer? Do I get in by joining up, signing a card, 
Do I get in by baptistry? Baptistry right there. We baptize you. Do you get in by some sort of work or some sort of labor, uh, some sort of uh, agreement, some sort of contract with those? How do you get into the church? It's a major question, I think. If there's only one church and it's the body of Christ, and we find this morning uh, there's a many of folks that go to many churches today that are not in the church. They're not in the body of Christ. And so the Word of God is very clear and plain about that. Is I want to say, number one, concerning about verse 13, is that it's the one Spirit that we're all baptized in the one body, meaning this morning it is the act of God in regeneration. It is the act of God in regeneration. There is nobody in the church, the body of Christ this morning, due upon the act of themselves. It's only the act of God. The Bible says in verse 13, For by one Spirit, and the Spirit is God, and we find it says, Are we all baptized into one body? The only way that you're going to get into the body of Christ, the only way you're going to become the church today is to get baptized in it by the Spirit of God. The only way. You can try to get through the back door. You can try to get through your door. You're trying to get through the upper door or the downer door. But you're not getting into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ except by the Spirit of God. And there's only one of them that will baptize you into the body of Christ. It's an act of God completely and only under regeneration. And so we thank God for that because there's no more confusion about how to get in. We also understand that by faith, uh, God will save you, amen. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so in order for us to be saved this morning, we've got to have faith. Amen. In order to be regenerated, in order for the Spirit of God to baptize you into the one body, the body of Christ, it's going to require faith. Well, where do I get faith from? I mean, we're not born with faith. There's ain't nobody in this room who's born with faith. Well, the Bible teaches that this morning. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it gives us a clear understanding how faith comes. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so as you hear God's Word, as God's Word is being preached and proclaimed, you'll find that the Spirit of God will begin to bring a conviction upon your heart. It'll begin to bring a persuasion in your heart. He'll begin to convict you of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And as the Word of God is penetrating the hard heart, it's penetrating the blinded eyes, penetrated the covered ears, you'll find that Word of God is bringing forth. And next thing you know, with the act of God, and it's all the act of God, now you'll have some faith that came from the Word of God that you can believe in the Son of God. Amen. And so we find the act of God in regeneration. And it's faith upon Him. Faith upon Christ. And the faith that God has given you. Number two. In this regeneration, it's going to take not only faith, but it's going to take repentance. You're going to have to repent. 
Amen. The Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, one of my favorite verses, he says that he came, he said, repent and be baptized. Did he say that? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, repent and believe the gospel. Believe the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said, in order to get into my body, in order to become my church, and he says in Matthew, he says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that he is building. And so as his body, he's saying in order to get into my body, the church, you're going to have to come my way. And he said to repent and believe. Believe is faith. How do I get that? I get that by the word of God. Well, now I've got to come to repentance now. And repentance is not an act of man. Repentance is not a work of man. Repentance is not something that you strum up. Repentance is not something you say, oh, God, forgive me of my sin. That's not repentance. Repentance is not saying, Lord, I come to you as just one today that's done wrong and been wrong and am wrong. And I don't want to be wrong anymore. And I ask you to, to forgive me of my sin. That's not repentance. A repentance is a changed heart and a changed mind. There's a time when God, through His Word and through His Spirit, brings upon you that you come to a change. That I thought that, I believed that, I lived that, I done that, I've been there. Oh, but because of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that's within me and the repentance that God has granted. By the way, that's how you get repentance. The Bible says in Acts, I'll read it to you so you'll know. Uh, for those that may be doubting this morning, Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 says, And at all times of this ignorance God winked at, but God now commandeth every man everywhere to repent. Now if God commands everyone everywhere to repent, then He's going to have to give us some repentance. The Bible says in Acts 20, 21, Repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Paul preaching. And then we find in Acts eleven eighteen, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. And friend, we find that God grants repentance. God brings repentance in your life. Again, it's the act of God. The act of God to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the act of God that you repent and change. Change your mind and change your heart, which results in a changed life. God, you didn't, nothing at all that you have generated, nothing at all that you have come up with, it's completely the act of God. And anyone and everyone who's the church today, they can look at God square in the eyes and say, God, I did nothing to get into your body. It was the act of God in all ways. Jesus said it takes repentance and faith. Paul said it takes re repentance and faith. The Bible teaches very clearly, even in Acts this morning. Turn there with me. I just want to give you uh, this truth. Acts chapter 36, or Acts chapter 2, and verse 36. I want to talk about this one again, confirm the, God's work of regeneration. Acts chapter 2, and look in verse 36. The Bible says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter's preaching the greatest message that he's ever preached right here. 
after the Holy Ghost of God have come down and has filled each one of those Jewish people. We find now he's preaching. In verse 37, we see because of the preaching of God's word, now when they heard this, they were pricked in the heart. That's that conviction. That's that persuasion. That's God putting upon them repentance and God putting upon them faith right here. The Bible says, and said unto Peter, unto the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, repent. The Bible goes on to say in verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They put the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ before they were baptized. They put repentance of God before they were baptized. We find in the scripture very clearly and very plainly this morning that the people of Israel who have gotten saved in Acts chapter 2, which was the beginning of the church, right? The Holy Ghost of God came and now indwelt them, and now the church is born and the church is formed. And we find in that last verse that God is added to the church because 3,000 were saved in Acts chapter 2. And so we, we see that all began this way, that God had to give them the faith, and he did, and God had to bring repentance to them, and he did. And because of that, they believed and they repented. And they were born again. 3,000 of them were saved. We find that it's the act of God. We see also uh, there in Titus, turn there with me, chapter 3. Again, just want to make confirmation with you this morning about the act of God. Titus chapter 3, look in verse Four with me. It says, But after the kindness of the love of God, our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that we, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Do you see anything at all that man has attributed to? In the way of salvation, no. We find completely it was the act of God. And we find this morning in this union of the body of Christ, how does the union come together? How does the body in Christ come together? Uh, it comes together by one reason tonight or this morning, and that is this, that the one spirit takes the body of Christ and he baptizes you into the body. He takes... The body and is baptized by the Spirit. When you put faith and trust and repentance towards God, you'll find that the Spirit of God now will baptize you into the body of Christ. That's the only way to get in. It don't matter if you're smart. It don't matter if you're rich. It don't matter what color of skin you have. It don't matter what you grew up. It don't matter how much knowledge of the Bible you got. It doesn't matter how much that you preach and how much you taught and how much you live. It all matters. Have you been baptized into one body by one spirit? And that happens at the time of regeneration. And regeneration takes place whenever there's faith and repentance. Number two. None do I notice the act of God in regeneration, but I notice the agent of God in regeneration. The only agent that will bring regeneration to any dead soul, to any individual who's an unbeliever, is the Spirit of God. The only agent. The only thing that makes you spiritual this morning is the Spirit of God. 
The only thing this morning that makes you a child of God is the Spirit of God. The only thing this morning that's going to get you to heaven is the Spirit of God. Absolutely none other agent that God is using is going to use that will all bring you to the place of being the church. It's all birth by Jesus Christ whom His Spirit indwells you and His Spirit baptizes you into His body. The agent that is used according to the Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That word baptized means to plunge. So if we can just kind of look at it in a, maybe a, a way physically as you take maybe something like a coin, let's say a penny, and you've got a bowl of water, and you take that penny, and you take your hand with that penny, inside that hand with that penny, and you plunge it into that bowl of water. Uh, that water will represent the body. Uh, the penny will represent you, and the hand will represent the Holy Spirit. And He would plunge you into the body of Christ. Amen. That's what that means. That means baptized means plunge. It means submerge. It means immerse. We're not talking about sprinkling. We're not talking about just kind of throwing some water on you. We're talking about getting completely uh, body, soul, and spirit, amen, and it's coming to the place now you have been uh, put into the body of Christ by the Holy Ghost of God. He has plunged you, immersed you, submerged you, baptized you into the body, and once you get into the body, can you come out of the body? No! <laughs> For those who say you can lose your salvation, you've lost your mind. Those who believe today that you can be saved today and lost tomorrow, friend, you don't know anything about salvation. For those today that say that you don't have to live for Christ, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, you don't have to be part of a church to be a Christian, you've lost your mind. According to the Scripture, that one Spirit has plunged you into one body. And that's the church. And you have become part of the church by the Spirit of God that will never cease to be. According to the Bible. Talk about the agent. Because the agent's important. Because if you are the agent who got into the body of Christ as a church, then you can back it out. You as an agent has the ability to get in the church, then you as an agent has the ability to get out of church. But once the agent, the Holy Ghost of God, will plunge you into the church, you won't get out of the church. You're plunged for all of eternity. Amen. You can't come and go as you please. You can't come a little while and do a probation period and, and you say, okay, I think I'm going to try out God. I'm going to try out Jesus. I'm going to try out the church. I'm going to see if it's all that. I'm going to see if it all amounts to anything. And you try it for six months, eight months, a year. You say, you know what? It's just not for me. I think I'm just going to go back into the world. Friend, you have no idea what you're talking about. None. But when you get to the Bible truth, and the Bible truth says this, how do I get in the church? You get in the church by one spirit that plunges and immerses you and baptizes you into one body. And friend, that is a definite, permanent uh, plunging that will never be returned or never changed. We find this morning, uh, look at, if you would, kind of to confirm this thought, go to Romans chapter 6 for me in verse 3. I want to say to you, every time you see the word Water, it does not mean that it's baptism. 
And every time you see the word baptism, it does not mean it's water. We got to be clear with that this morning. There's so much great confusion concerning the baptism. We're talking about a spiritual baptism this morning. That because it's the Spirit that's baptizing. I want you to notice in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3 that we're baptized into His death. The Bible says, Know ye not that so many of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized in His death. What does that mean? Oh, that means whenever you put your faith in Christ and repentance towards God, that you died. You died. You died. I died in Christ. That's what the Bible says. I've been plunged and immersed into the death of Christ. Listen, friend, you'll never be in the church this morning unless you've experienced the baptism of His death. When you finally come to yourself and kind of come to your senses and finally understand that you can't live this life alone and you can't be your own and you can't do as you please and you don't pray as you want to and you don't go as you do and you don't act as if you want to act and you've got to obey God's Word. You've got to humble yourself before God. You've got to submit yourself to His Word. You've got to say, God, you're right and I'm wrong. I'm a sinner lost to go to hell and I've got to die in order for me to live. According to Scripture. So we're baptized into His death. We're baptized, according to Romans chapter 6, into His burial. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore are we buried with Him by baptism unto death. So we're baptized with Him in His death, in His burial. And prayer we say unto God, as we stand before Him as a sinner lost without Jesus, and we say, Lord, I died of myself. I died of the society. I died of my sin. I died of Satan. I die, I die. Oh, but not only do I die, but I just get buried with you. That old life is now gone. Them old habits are out of way. That old mindset I had, those old friends that I had, and all the things that I did of the world and of my flesh has now been buried with Christ. I'm trying to preach the truth this morning. I want you to know before you leave this place this morning that you're in the church. But you're going to have to get baptized in his death, baptized into his burial, baptized into his resurrection. We find as we look through Scripture here, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, he says, And that as like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should walk in the newness of life. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, I'll read this to you this morning. The Bible says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. There's going to have to be a baptism of his resurrection. As God raised him from the dead, God has raised you from the dead. He's raised you from the dead because of the baptism of this resurrection. That I've been plunged. I, I've been submerged. I've been immersed into the resurrection. I didn't resurrect myself. I didn't deserve resurrection. I didn't earn resurrection. I, I did nothing for resurrection. Nobody in, my, nobody in my heart and nobody in my mind today could say that I deserve to be saved and resurrected. Oh, no. It was completely the act of God. It was the agent of God. It was God saying to me that if I would die in Christ and bury in Christ then you'll be resurrected in Christ talk about baptism now baptism 
and then were baptized into his life. You notice that? So the life that we now live, according to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. The life that we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, I got saved October 30th, 1988. The day I died. The day I was buried. The day that I got resurrected. The day that I was baptized into his life. And the life that I now live, I don't live it according to me. I don't live it according to how I feel and what I want to do and how I want to do it. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he becomes a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Tells us there in Colossians chapter 3 that Christ, who is our life. There in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. It's for to me to live as Christ and to die. It's gained. See, you want to be the church? You better get baptized into the church by one spirit. And we find this morning that the understanding of the church this morning might be a little different than what you have understood, but it's the truth of God's word that we're giving to you, and I'm showing it to you as we go. And then Galatians chapter 3, if you turn there with me, in verse 26, you're baptized into his church. You're baptized into his church. That's how you get in here. That's how you become the church. Is it baptized into the church? I'm not talking about water now. Don't get confused with that. We ain't said nothing about water this morning. In the word of God. Galatians chapter 3. Look in verse 26 with me. The Bible says. For you all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Hey, let me stop right there. If anybody in this room thinks that everybody's born as a child of God, you're wrong. Nobody born is a born the child of God. Everybody's born again is the child of God. All right, let's remember that because the world today we can get you confused when all the, the networks and all the media and all the politicians and all the yahoos behind pulpits this morning is saying everybody's the children of God. The Bible says in verse 26, the only those who are children of God are those by faith in Christ Jesus. That's the children of God. Verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have, been, have put on Christ. Those who have been baptized, we read that again. Those who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In other words, when you get saved and when you got faith and repentance and you come towards Christ and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible teaches that now by one Spirit are you baptized into His one body and now you're baptized into Christ Jesus, but then you put on Christ. In other words, this morning, you and I don't labor to be in Christ. We labor because we are in Christ. Does that make sense? see, none of us this morning who is the church have to do anything in the way of labor to get in the church. We're already in the church, and we're laboring because of that. Hey, I say to you, we don't have to live a certain lifestyle. We don't have to live a certain agenda in order to get in the church. We live a certain agenda and a certain lifestyle because we are in the church. 
Some people say, why do you come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night? Why do you give your hard-working money and tithes and offerings? And why do you pray to a God you can't see? And why do you read a Bible that just has words and that man has probably made and probably has built and probably has rolled? And why do you call on this God that you don't have no contact with? You're crazy, man. What's wrong with you? Plus, there's so many religions out there, so many Bibles out there, so many preachers are preaching different things out there. It's confusing. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-blowing. And friend, you just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going just like you think it's real. Well, honey, it's real. When you get baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. And friend, the lifestyle that we live, the life that the church lives today, it's just the way that it is. Amen. We don't have to do it because to get saved. We do it because we are. No, is there a, don't, we don't labor to get in the church. We labor because we are the church. We don't live to get in the church. We live because we are the church. We don't have to love to get in the church. I don't have to love the Lord and love the Bible and love the church and love the people and love the enemy and love everybody and love everything. And we have this old thought today, everything's about love. No, we don't have to do any of that to get in the church. But because we are the church, we love. <laughs> Some of y'all having a hard time this morning. You've been trying to get in and you can't get in and you're frustrated. You've done said about 14 prayers. You've done been baptized like six times. You try to come to church, it's just not in your heart. You, you try to do right and you just can't seem to do right. I mean, listen, all these people around here say, amen, amen. Brother Larry's preaching all this kind of stuff. And you know what? That just don't excite me at all. It just don't, it's just not part of who I am and, and all that. And I come to church for my wife. I come to church for my children. I come to church because, you know, I just want everybody to, to be happy, you know, and it's a pretty good place. I won't be back tonight. Oh, no. I got other things to do. I got other things to do. You got more things to do than to come and hear God's word? You got more things to do than come back and sing the songs that lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and honor Him. What in the world do you got to do that trumps that? What do you got to do? You don't come back tonight. You don't come back Wednesday when we open up the Word of God and we preach Jesus who you say you're in. And we preach the Word of God who you say you're in. And we lift up and exalt and magnify and lift Him up and honor. We bow down and pray. And we sing songs and we have fellowship. And we have joy in the name of the Lord. And you don't come. And you're the church. Take my glasses off. Because I'm not seeing something. Better when everything's blurry. According to the scripture this morning, you think that one spirit that baptized you into one body says you don't have to come back? Says that you can come to church when you want to? It says that you have other things more important than church? You have other things more important than God's word and God's singing and God's worship and God's praise? Listen, I don't see it like you see it. I'm going to tell you somebody else who don't see it like you see it. The word of God. Now are you baptized in Christ. I'm talking about those who are real church. You put on church. So what does that mean to you and I this morning? Listen, we are one in Christ's body, the church. The church is not only the bride of Christ, but it's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ universally. What does that mean? 
That means the church of this world, when I say of the world, that means of all around the world, will never be in one setting until we get to the cloud. I went, I've been over to Israel. I've been over to Germany. I've been to Poland. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Czech land. I've been to Slovakia. I've been, I've been into uh, those places and, and Austria and, and all those places and, and uh, preached and all those kind of things. And, and every place I ever went to, every one of those places, there was the church. So universally, I'm saying, all over the world, what I'm saying this morning is the church. By faith, they received Christ, repented towards the Father, and they have been plunged into the body by one spirit. And they put on Christ. We know that the church is not only universally, but we also understand the church is locally. Locally. We are a local assembly. We are on 211 Brand Lane in Stafford, Texas, 77477. These buildings is not the church. This grounds is not the church. All that you see and all that you might handle is not the church. It's the people in the church today that has been baptized by one spirit into one body. That's the church. And it's a local assembly. Amen? You can't discount that. You can't discount it. Number three. Not is it universal and local, but the church this morning is spiritual. It's a spiritual in all the world. You're not a church physically. You're a church spiritually. You're not a church fleshly, but you're a church spiritually. You're not a church at all in the way that what man may think, but you're a church of what God has said spiritually. Spiritually. Number four, the church is also physically. And when I say physically, you see each other here now. Right? Because we have been baptized, we have been plunged and immersed into one body by one spirit, and we are universally, we are locally, and we're spiritually, and we are come to the place where we physically come to hear God's word, to praise his name, to worship the Lord, to give our tithes and offerings, to do the will of God. We do that physically because of spiritual. We find number three is not only the act of God in regeneration and in the agent of God in regeneration, but I notice the activity of God in regeneration. The Bible says in that verse, verse 13, back into our text here, and we'll close on this thought here this morning. Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, verse 13, the last portion says, And have been all made to drink into one spirit. This is what brings activity into the body of Christ. We find that the one spirit at the time of justification, the time of repentance and faith in Christ, we find that the one spirit plunges us into the body. But here we find that the one spirit is drunk into the body. See, by one spirit we go into the body. But here we find that the spirit of God now comes into us. Now it becomes active, us. 
becomes active. We become now the act of God called baptism places the born-again believer into the body of Christ. But also the act of God called drinking puts the Holy Spirit of God into the born-again believer. It does both. And it's all the act of God. So when you get saved, you get put in the church. And when you get saved, the Spirit of God gets put in you. And because of that, you're the body of Christ. The reason why the church today is so scattered and, and so divided and, and so unfaithful and so undetermined to, to make a, a commitment and, and to go and be faithful to the house of God and to live for God is because the Spirit of God's not in them. Because when the Spirit of God is in you, you are in the church and you've been in the church by the Spirit of God and you've put on Christ. It's not a, I don't have to get up on Sunday morning. I don't have to get up on Monday morning or Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning or Thursday or Friday or Saturday and say, okay, I got to be the church today. I don't get up saying, okay, God, it's just going to be a tough day today. You know, I'm going to have to fight this, fight that, and I'm going to have to do right today. I can't tell no lies, and I got to be honest today. And, you know, it's going to be real tough on me, you know, and, and I, I'm just going to have to really try hard to live this Christian life. No! No, not at all. It's you get up in the morning, you bow your head before God, you pray, you read His Word, He talks to you through His Word, you talk to Him through prayer, you get up, He leads and guides you throughout the day. The light of the Word will lead you, uh, the power of God's Word will guide you. Amen, the Spirit of God will keep you. And friend, you'll go into this world and live that life, and you'll do it naturally and normally, and you do it spiritually, and yet it'll be physically because people will hear you and see you, and you do that at ease. He said this, if you love me, keep my commandments, and my commandments are not grievous. For you that are, you that are say you're in the church, but man, you just can't get in. I mean, you just can't keep what you got. The Spirit of God is the strength of the body. So when you drink of His Spirit, you become alive. And friend, you'll now have strength to do what's right. You, when you drink of the Spirit, you'll find that that Spirit of God is the sustainer of the body. You're not sustained on junk food. You're not sustained on, on, on the music of contemporary. You're, you're, not, you're not sustained on having revival and, and having a camp meeting every month, every week in order to jack up your emotions and jack up your feelings. No, you're sustained by the Holy Ghost. You're supplied by the Holy Ghost. Everything you ever need, spiritually speaking, in the house of God is the Spirit of God. He's the sustainer. He's the supplier. He's the strengthener. Hey, listen, friend. He is the one this morning. Matter of fact, James said it like this in James chapter 2, verse 26. For the body is without, is without the spirit is dead. The body is the life, is lifeless without the spirit. I'm just trying to tell you about the church this morning. There's only one body. And that one body that has the Spirit of God has plunged you in. And that one body is that the Spirit of God has come and dwelt in. Drank, drank. Without that, there's no life. 
And so you have maybe a church that looks like a church, but there's no life in that church. What's wrong with that church? The Spirit of God. They might be teaching the Scripture. They might be singing the songs. They might be living the right life. But it's dead. Why? Because the Spirit is not there. Why can't you just stay on the right path? Why can't you just keep doing right? Why can't you just love Jesus? Why can't you just fall in love with Christ and His Word? And why can't you just bow down before the Lord and just get in all the way? But if the Spirit of God was there, you could. And that's what He does. So without the Spirit of God, there's lifeless. I tell you, number two, friend, according to the Bible, the body is fruitless without the Spirit. You'll bear no fruit without the Spirit. You'll be just like you've always been. You might change a little bit. You might have a remodel. You might change up your hair a little bit. You might shave a little bit. You might take a bath every once in a while. You might change some clothing. and uh, You might have a remodel. You might re-innovate yourself. And, but there's no, been no regeneration because there's no fruit. You are what you are today by the fruit which you bear. Right? We shall know them by their works, the Bible teaches. We're not surprised to you this morning who just come in here and just spend your hour or spend your hour and a half and we don't see you anymore. You've done nothing. You've done nothing. Matter of fact, without the Spirit, you're fruitless. You know it. God knows it. And all those that are around you know it too. Number two, number three. Not only is the body without the Spirit is lifeless, the body without the Spirit is fruitless, but the body without the Spirit is useless. Useless. There's no use for a church member in a local assembly that's not been baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Those people never, never are useful. They're the ones who are backbiting, they're the ones who are causing trouble. They're the ones who want to change up the church. They're the ones who want to complain to me as you walk out the door. You're the one who wants to complain about somebody else in the church who's just not like you. You're the one who just are discontented. You're disgruntled. Everything has always got a complaint. You're always negative. You always got something to say about something because you just want to hear yourself talk. This is the uselessness of a so-called church member in a church. That has no spirit. Amen. My whole aim of this message this morning was this. Are you the body of Christ? Are you the body of Christ? Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. Jesus tells them that I have the living water. And that living water will flow from the belly. And it will be a continual, everlasting flow. And when the Holy Ghost of God comes into your life, you'll be an eternal, everlasting flow for all of your Christian life, for all of life. That's the Spirit of God. Are you a member of this church this morning, but you're not a member of the body of Christ? Maybe you're not a member of this church, and you're neither a member of the body of Christ. The union of the body of Christ. The understanding of the bride of Christ. We have another point, but we can't preach it this morning. 
Would you come? Would you come, dear friend? Won't you humble yourself here this morning and say, I'm just a sinner without Christ. I've tried. I've prayed. I've been baptized. I try to live right. I try to do exactly what the preacher says. I just don't have no peace. I've got no rest. I've got no joy. Life is greater than I can handle. It just seems like I just can't ever get over the hump. Today's your day. The day is the day of salvation. Won't you come by faith and repentance, allow the Spirit of God to finally baptize you into His body and that He, by your drinking, will be indwelt into you and become the church of the living God. Won't you do that today? Your prayer hasn't changed you. Your baptism hasn't changed you. Your religion hasn't changed you. Your doctrines you hold hasn't changed you. Won't you try something different like the Word of God? How about you this morning? You sing, Brother George, we'll not be here long. We'll sing one verse, and if nobody comes, we'll, we'll go. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Come just as you are. And say, I'm just ready. I'm ready to give my life over. I'm ready to surrender all. I'm ready to become part of the church. I'm ready for the Spirit of God to take over my life. I'm ready. Anybody like that today? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs>